are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I was uh, reading this morning that there was a, a little boy and he was going for a walk with his grandmother and um, as little kids d- did, he found a, a little piece of candy lying on the ground and he went and grabbed the candy. He was just about to put it in his mouth and his grandma said, "Hun, don't do that. And he says, why, why grandma? And she says, because it's dirty. You're like, it's laying on the ground. You don't know where it's been. It's, it's got germs on it. Like, you know, you, you, you don't want to eat that. And the, the little boy stopped and just looked at it and thought, wow. And he looks at his grandma. He says, Grandma, you're so smart. Thank you, Grandma. She says, well, you know what? Grandmas has to take, they have to pass the exam to be able to be the grandma. And grandmas are very smart. So I passed the grandma exam, and that allowed me to become a grandmother. So the little boy says, wow. So he thinks about it for a minute. He says, Grandma, if you don't pass the exam, do you become a grandfather? Amen. <laughs> Last week I shared of three of seven reasons for fasting. And if you miss it, you can always catch up on our podcast. Our podcast is found at clccconline.ca and just go to the podcast section. But to recap uh, really briefly there, uh, the, the three reasons that we gave last week is the disciples fast. Jesus teaches us that some of these, uh, some demonic forces that can come on people or can be, you can be battling within your family, Jesus says this one only comes out through prayer and fasting. Number two is the Ezra fast. Ezra, if you remember, had a great problem. He was carrying 7,500 pounds of gold and 24 tons of silver to be able to take back to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. Yet he was surrounded by thieves. And uh, you know, they didn't have money belts back there to be able to take 7,500 pounds and stick it into. So uh, he was worried for safety and the Lord delivered him. And then there's the Samuel fast. And Samuel uh, brought the nation together to pray for the, uh, the, the, the return of the Ark of the Covenant where it's represented the presence of the Lord. And the nation as a whole uh, fasted and prayed for the return of the Ark or, the, uh, or the, uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant, or the presence of the Lord. Second uh, Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways, and I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, I'll heal their land. You know what? Cold Lake, Alberta, Canada, needs warriors to be able to stand in that place and say, God, we need to touch again. We need you to heal our, plant, our, our, our land. This morning I was reading a little cartoon, and it had three little kids sitting outside of a principal's office. And uh, the, the, one kid says, so what are you in here for? And the one kid says, yeah, well, I said the F word. The other one said, well, I said an S word. And the other kid said, well, I just said Christmas. You know, we have to, we have to stand in that place and say, you know what, not on my watch. That God, this is important to us, that we stand here and we just say, no, Lord. God, may you be glorified in this nation. God, may you be the light uh, uh, upon the hill. And God, we're not going to be silent, but we need to get together and say, God, this is, what we, uh, this is what we're earnestly desiring from you, God. So let's move on with number four is the Elijah fast. That's found in 1 Kings 19. See, Elijah had a great spiritual victory on Mount Carmel. When then Jezebel sent word to him that she was going to kill him, he became afraid, depressed, and he ran into the wilderness where there was no food, and he was hoping to starve to death and die. 
Have you ever noticed that when something amazing spiritually happens that there's kickback? Man, I tell you, we can have some amazing services or God does some supernatural things and all of a sudden it, 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 it's like we, 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 uh, we get this upon us as just kind of like, God, what is happening right now? It was going so good. I think, I think the reason is, is quite often, especially for our intercessors who pray and pray and press through and press through for that answer to come and then boom, we see the answer. What is our tendency to do? Our tendency is just to kind of Okay, it's done. And yet we don't remember or, or, or we forget that that's just one answer, but we're still in a spiritual battle. See, we need to constantly be engaged. We need to constantly be pushing. And when the enemy pushes back, we need to remember that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. First Kings 19.4 says, Then we went alone into the wilderness, traveling all day long. He sat under a broom tree, prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who've already died. You know what? It sounds like he was an emotional wreck. He became so depressed that he just wanted to end his life. Have you ever been defeated? It's not a good feeling. Or in a place of fear that you felt that it would just be easier if your life would just end? You know what? I truly believe that there is a spirit called suicide. And the Bible tells us to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See, there's some lessons that can be caught and not taught. And I believe that this is one of those lessons that you just can't write down notes and say, okay, so when, when depression comes upon me or when anxiety and fear right, uh, uh, comes, comes upon me, then boom, I'm going to worship the Lord. I remember one day I was, uh, I was in the sanctuary in Edmonton and Quite often, the churches that I go to, this becomes my prayer closet, and I like to come in here, and I like to spend time in prayer. And usually, I would come in really early in the morning because people aren't around, and if I start to scream, or I start to shout, or I start to dance, I don't have people walking in and saying, there's a phone. What are you doing? You know? So you got that, a little bit of that privacy type of thing, and, and, uh, and uh, so I, I came in one morning, and I said to the Lord, I just, I don't know why, I just kind of woke up, I don't even remember why, but I just felt... I just felt depressed. I just felt heavy. I just felt gross. And I just kind of came in and I'm just like, you know, God. And, and I prayed the most spiritual prayer I could think of at the time. I said, God, you know, there's going to be no worship this morning. And I'm not even going to put on the music. And there's going to be no dancing. There will be no, no rejoicing. I, I just feel so heavy, God. And Lord, I'm just going to lay on my face before you on the altar. And I just ask, I just beg you to, to fill me, God. So I'm, I'm, I'm laying on my face before the Lord, and I'm just, I'm just hoping that this, like, fire from heaven is going to fall upon me and all of a sudden just kind of, like, rejuvenate me. And as I'm laying there, I heard the voice of the Lord. And, and all of a sudden, as I heard that, you know what I heard? As I heard laughing. And... One of my fears, if you know, you talk to my mom when, when my mom comes and you ask, you, if you ever asked her, what was your son afraid of when he was a kid? You know what I was afraid of? I was always afraid that when I walked outside that people were going to open up their windows and laugh at me. She goes, I had no idea where you got that from, but you were terrified of that. You didn't want to go outside. You were afraid that people would open up their windows and laugh at you. And who likes to be the butt end of a joke? I mind if people laugh when you tell a joke, but you don't want to become the joke. So I'm laying on the ground. I'm feeling like the Holy Spirit's mocking me. And I'm like, you know what? Great. You're great, God. Thanks a lot. 
You know, here I am. I'm telling you how depressed I am. I'm telling you what's going on. I ask you one simple prayer. Fill me. And you just choose not to. Thanks. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, Lance, how can I fill you? Because you've already spoke with your mouth. There'll be no dancing. There'll be no singing. There'll be no prayer. There'll be no joy. Fill me. How do you expect me to fill you? And I'm just like, well, I don't know. That's your job. That's your God. Figure it out. He said to me today, he said, son, choose you this day who you'll serve. I thought about that. I'm like, God, you're taking that totally out of context. It's not about me, Lord. It's about you, God. And I wrestled with it, and I, and I pondered it, and it, it felt like hours. I don't know how long it was, and I'm just like, God, I get it. God, you, you want me to choose you. See, my relationship with you is not based on how I'm feeling right at this moment. You are still the alpha, the omega, the beginning and end. You are still God. So God, I choose you. And all of a sudden when I spoke that, I said, you're just some, on my face before God, God, I choose you, God. All of a sudden, I felt life come into my body. And I got up, I started saying, you know, got up, Lord, I choose you. I choose you, God. And then I started screaming, Lord, I choose you. I started dancing around the sanctuary. I choose you, God. And the Lord's like, you got it. My friends, when that heaviness comes upon us, there's a choice that each one of us are going to have to make. Do you want to wallow in it? Do you want to walk in self-pity and just say, oh, woe is me? You know what, things, why do always bad things happen to me? Man, life would be better, my family would be better if, it wasn't, if I wasn't here. And we walk in this and all of a sudden the enemy's like, yeah, that's right. Life would be better if you were gone. Yeah, that's right. You know what, you're more trouble than you're worth. And we start to, we start to listen to that lie and process it until it becomes truth. No, we need to put on the garment of praise. Our, if, if all we do is come in here Sunday mornings and worship the Lord, and that's what worship is, we're going to be hungry. You know what? Imagine, we're doing a 21-day fast right now. Imagine for the whole, your whole life, you just came in and ate for an hour and 15 minutes on Sundays only? I think you'd struggle. Well, it's the same thing with our spirit, man. We need to exercise that. We need to get up. We need to pray. We need to press into his presence. We need to fast. We need to seek his face. Church, let us remember this morning that we have an adversary. He hates you. He hates your family. He's going to come at you with whatever he can bring to bring defeat to your spirit. But don't listen to it. It's a lie. Listen to what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you. Maybe right now there's someone who the spirit of heaviness of suicide has been nagging at you. The Lord says this morning that he loves you. The Lord brought you here this morning to tell you, stop listening to the lies because I'm crazy about you. 1 Kings 19 says, Then the angel of the Lord came, touched him and said, Get up, eat some more food, or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. So he got up, he ate, he drank, the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the, uh, the mountain of God. See, before he could do anything, the angel had to come to him and say, get up. My friends, I think sometimes we just, we just decide that, that the Lord has got to do everything. 
Well, if I'm depressed right now, the Lord will break it. If this is happening right now, the Lord will break it. Get up! Worship God. Press into his presence. For God is good. Declare that. Speak that over your home. Speak that over your lives. The angel of the Lord showed him, gave him spiritual food, and after not eating, it lasted him 40 days on his journey to Mount Sinai. And when he got there, the Lord delivered him from depression, suicide, and thoughts of fear. He then sends him out to find the anointing, the anointed Hazel, Jehu, and Elisha. Elisha. You know what? We're in a battle. I, I, I know myself that that there's different things that people struggle with and there's different things that we wrestle with. I remember one time I, I, uh, I was watching, uh, um, oh, what's that show? Um, CSI. And anyone watch, or used to watch CSI, you know what show I'm talking about? Crime scene investigation, whatever it is. Uh, but uh, as I was watching CSI, one of the episodes was directed by Quentin Tarantino. And in that one, Nick Stokes, the bad guy, puts like chloroform on him, knocks him out, and then, he, and then he, uh, he buries him alive. And as he buries him alive, he wakes up, and then he realizes that he's in this casket underneath the ground, and he realizes that uh, he's going to die. Now, he wakes up in the ground, underground, and when he wakes up in the ground, what happens? He panics. And when I'm watching that, I'm just like... <laughs> Like, you know, you, you kind of put yourself there. And then I remember, I'm downstairs watching, and I'm like, oh, I gotta go outside. And I did, I ran outside, I'm just like, oh. and then as I, I, you know what, that haunted me for so long. I would go to sleep at night, and all of a sudden I would be like, I would wake up, I'm like, I'm buried alive right now. I'd be like, oh. and I'd wake up, and I, this, this fear would come upon me, and I'd be like, oh man. So I would, I would just, I, I kept saying, like, that's, come on, Lance. You know, you're, you're whatever, uh, 39 at the time, 40. And it's kind of like, God, like, I'm a big boy now. You know, it's a bad dream. Just go back to sleep. And it's no big deal. But it was like night after night after night, I'd wake up, and I couldn't breathe. And I'm like, <gasps> and then a panic would come upon me, and I'd be like, oh, my goodness. You know what? We had Dan Baker at the church one time. And, and he was staying at our house, and, and um I sort of make it one of, my, one of my policies, I guess, that when a speaker comes to my house, that I don't, I don't solicit them for stuff. Because they've been pouring out, and they've been pouring out, that when they're, when they're in my home, that is a place for them to just to kind of recharge and rejuvenate. So I've always kind of held that, held that close. And, and, I've, and I was kind of walking in that. And then Dan came up to me one, day, one night, and he says, you know what, is, yeah, right, is there something I can pray for you for? I said, yeah. I said, Dan, I said, I just, I'm really struggling with this right now, and I don't know how to break it. So I, I told him what it is, and, and he and I prayed together. And when he prayed, that night I went to bed, and when I went to bed, all of a sudden that same image came into my head. But this time, instead of it having power over me, I literally in my bed laughed at it. You see, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you can kind of rationalize in your mind and just say, you know what, this is silly. Man, I, I shouldn't be thinking about this. I shouldn't be just a TV show. Come on. But you see, there's strength in the spirit. And if the enemy can get us walking and immobilized in fear, then literally we become handcuffed. Elijah, Elijah, we see that. He become handcuffed. We're just like, God, 
this girl she's going to kill. Like, man, how many people did he kill on Mount Carmel? And now this one person is coming against him. It's like, oh my. My friends, when that kind of stuff happens, we need to fast. We need to pray. We need to seek his presence. Psalms 144.2 says, He's my loving ally, my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield. I take refuge in him. Have you found yourself walking with low self-esteem, low self-image of yourself? This morning I want you to remember that you've been bought with a price. Have you ever felt like you just can't do anything right? Well, 1 Peter 2.9 says, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This will fall away in time to learn who we are in Christ. Remember that he hasn't given us that spirit of fear. You know what else I find really interesting about this? Is that God led Elijah to Mount Sinai, which is the mountain of the Lord. During a fast, if you're targeting issues of depression, self-worth, I believe that the Lord will take you into his presence where you can learn truly that he is Abba Father. Romans 8.14 says, For all you who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we're his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are sharing in his glory, we also must share in his sufferings. Man, I wish he had left that last little tagline out, hey? But glory be to God. He will take us through absolutely anything. When tough times come up, how do you deal with it? Do you panic? Do you fear? Are you like Chicken Little? The sky is falling and you go and tell Turkey Lurkey and Goosey Lucy? Or do you walk in that place and say, God, I need to seek your face right now, Lord. I need, this is serious, God. I need to pray, I need to fast, and I need to break that because, Lord, what I'm sensing right now is not from you because it's fear, God. Number five, to become others-orientated. You know what? Let's face it. We can be selfish. Man, the way that, we're, the way that we live, it's, it's all about us. You know what? We, I want the best for my family, I want the best job for my family. I want the best scenario for my family. I want this, I want that. That's all cool and fine and dandy. But we can become so me-focused that we don't become world-focused. We can get so in-focused that we forget to look out. Isaiah 58, 7 says, Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Get close to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives who need your help. God has blessed us so much, and I know what a loving, kind, and giving church that this is here. But you know last year we doubled our benevolence budget from 2,000 to 4,000? Benevolence is a fund which we set aside to first help people who are part of our family here. You know when someone hits a rough spot, we want to be able to come alongside, help in this area of groceries, rent, medication. Wherever a family is, we can help. We want to be there. This fund is also there to help people who come by the church to, again, in whatever aspect we possibly can. By the end of December of, la- of this uh, 2011, we have spent $7,287.59. This year, helping others, which is 182% of 
of our over budget. There's needs that come up all the time. You know what? As we fast and we're not eating, then you know what? We're going to save a little bit of money because food is a big part of our budget. And that monies that come in, you see, it's not our tithe. Our tithe is what comes in the storehouse. That's the 10% that the Lord asks for. But our offerings can be absolutely anything. If the Lord drops something in our heart and says, I want you to do this, it's kind of like, okay, God, that's my offering. You know what, Lord, I know that there's someone who's short of their rent. God, I want to make an offering to you, God, and I want to step in there and help my brother, and I want to help my sister out. Awesome. What an awesome opportunity to be able to plant into good ground. To say, God, as I'm not eating right now, this is part of my budget. This is how much I normally spend on food for the family or, 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 or for myself or whatever that is. And God, I want to sow that into benevolence. I want to sow that into be able to help somebody else, God. Jesus says in Matthew 33 uh, to 45 that he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you for you are the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you a drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these my brothers and sisters, you're doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. They will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick and in prison and not help? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refuse to help me, the least of these brothers and sisters, you're refusing to help me. I want you to also really, really remember this in the back of your mind. That just because we're talking about the sheep and the goats and just because we're talking about helping others who are less fortunate and walking in that place and, and, or giving an offering to the benevolence fund, it doesn't mean that, that, we take, that whenever a need comes up that that's our role and we need to fulfill it. Okay? We need to seek the direction of the Holy Spirit. Because you know what, sometimes, actually, sometimes there's people who come and they say, you know what, I want this or I need this and I need this. And when you, when you help them out and you, you say, here's some money, you're actually hindering them from getting closer to God because you know what, you, they're, they're just, they keep walking in that type of a role. And that's where it becomes very difficult is we gotta pray and say, God, what would you have me do? And if you feel that the Lord has said, you to, to, has said to do it, then it doesn't matter what they're buying. It doesn't matter what they're going to buy because you know what? You did what you felt the Lord has told you to do. But if the Lord says no, then you know what? You don't walk in that place of feeling guilty either. It's just kind of like, you know what? I would love to help you, but I just th think that I've got to pass on this one. God is going to bring opportunities into each one of our lives to be, able to, be, to be able to be a blessing and to be able to step into that place. But let's be good stewards as well. Let's walk in that place and say, God, as I sow this, God, where is the best soil for this to be able to grow and return 30, 60, 100-fold in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay. Number six, for spiritual guidance, 
Acts 9 is the conversation of Saul. When he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus, he's struck, he's struck with blindness. And during his travel, he doesn't eat nor drink for three days. In Acts 6, he asks a very important question. So he said, trembling and astonished, Lord, what do you want me to do? Have you ever asked, found yourself asking that question? God, what do you want from me, Lord? You know what, Lord, who do you want me to marry? Lord, what job should I take, God? Lord, what door do you want to open right now? I just need to know, God, what do you want from me? Isaiah 58, 8 says, Then your light shall spring forth like the morning, your healing shall speed forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear God, uh, guard. You know what? I, uh, how many movies do we watch that someone's like, you know what, don't worry, uh, I got your back. Or, or keep me covered, I'm going in. And then they, they get their gun up and they're all ready and they got them covered and they run through 50,000 people and they don't get shot because that guy at the back has got them covered. You know? How much more would you like the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end, the creator of the universe to be your rear guard? How much more would you like God to come alongside you and say, Fern, I got you covered. I got your back. Man, that is awesome. We could go anywhere. We could walk through a battlefield with two people fighting, 50,000 people, and just stand there. Because <sighs> God says, I got your back. And when God's got our back, man, we don't need anybody else backing us. Because we've got the King of the Kings and the Lord of Lords backing us. My friends, fasting, seeking the face of God and saying, during this fast, God, would you have my back for 2012? Lord, would you watch over me? Man, you know what? The Lord is really stirring my heart right now for missions. I'm kind of going back to that, that place that I love to go. And I'm just kind of dreaming right now. You know, I'm not saying that we're doing anything, but I'm just try, kind of dreaming about doing together with you guys like a family missions trip. You know, wouldn't it be cool just to say, hey, let's do a family missions trip, and then it's just kind of like, you know what, you and your wife and your kids, we go someplace and we get to, to serve and we get to help and we get to raise up our kids and show them the importance of that kind of stuff. If we're going to do stuff like family missions trips, if we're going to step out onto the battlefield, we need to have intercessors praying for us. I've been on the battlefield. I've been in places that are just totally demonic. And man, if you don't have God as your rear guard, I tell you, I wouldn't want to go there. It's not a holiday. It's a missions trip. I've prepared many, many teams to be able to go out. And that's always one of our things is, you know what, before you go, don't even go unless you have a, an intercessor at home who, who commits to praying for you every single day. We need the Lord as our rear guard. We need to seek his face and say, God, we need you, Lord. Number seven. For health and healing, the Daniel fast is found in uh, Daniel 1, 8 to 14. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked for the chief of, uh, official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord the king who has assigned you food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would have my head because of you. 
So Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they ate nothing but fruit and vegetables. And the result of their fast before God is found in verse 15. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food, the wine that they were going to drink, and gave them vegetables instead. See, this is a fast for health and healing. Remember, Isaiah 58, a fasting chapter says, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. I believe in a God who heals today. You know what? Let's just stop preaching for a minute. I, I was talking uh, with uh, Gord this morning, and his mom's doing really well, and he wanted to thank people for praying for, for his mom and, and, uh, and uh, just stepping in that place. And, and right now, in this room, how many people need a physical healing in their body? Stand to your feet if you need a physical healing in your body. Father God, Isaiah 58 says, God, that our healing shall spring forth speedily. And Lord Jesus, we've been fasting, we've been praying, so Father God, we can step out in an authority now, Lord Jesus, knowing that if God is for us, who can be against us? And Father God, there's, there's, there's bodies in this room right now that need a touch from God, and Lord Jesus, we don't want to come to church and leave the way that we came, but God, we want to come in and we want to leave changed in Jesus' name. So I speak to every single body that is speaking right now, standing right now, and I say, bodies, come in line to the word of God, for your word is truth and your word is life. And God, your word says, Father God, that by your stripes we are healed. So Father God, I release that right now, a healing anointing. Father God, I just pray right now Lord Jesus, that whatever ailment is represented in this room right now would be broken because of the work that your son did on the cross. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. It's important at Coley Community Church that each one of us get plugged into a small group into a Bible study. You know, we're looking at starting something new this year. We're looking at starting what we call, I don't even know if it's got a name yet, but like a connection group. And the reason why we're doing this is because the way that we've done small groups in the past are awesome. We've got some, you know, we do, we kind of, we're an equipping center, so we want to do like parenting groups, and we want to do like budgeting courses, and we want to do like marriage courses, and we want to do all that kind of stuff, and that's great. That teaches us, it gives us some, some meat to be able to chew on, it gives us uh, uh, tools to be able to uh, uh, function in everyday life. But what we want to do now is we want to have a group that is ongoing group. A group where people can be able to come in and, and just kind of just talk about their week, talk about what happened on Sunday, talk about, talk about that kind of stuff, and then, and then a relationship will, will grow. And then when all of a sudden something happens, you've got eight people in your group who can stand with you and say, you know what, we're there for you. We want to pray for you. We, we want to seek the face of the Lord. We're going to walk through this together. We're all in this boat together, man. Isn't that the coolest thing about Christianity? I remember the, uh, the guy that I interned with after school, his name was George Feller. And I remember that George Feller said to me one time, he says, you know what, one of the neatest things about the body of Christ, he says, I've been a pastor for years and, and, and so many times you have, you have people coming and, and people wanting and, and, and he had this little, this little uh, system set up to just kind of weed out the, the, the ones that he felt was, was right, the ones that were not right and, and this, kind of thing. He's, uh, this kind of a thing. He says, but no matter where in the world we are, we have a family who can help us. 
You know what, no matter where in the world we are, see, let's say that I was over in uh, somewhere in northern Ontario, my car breaks down, uh, my wallet's stolen, or, you know, this kind of thing. I can go into any church there and say, you know what, hi, my name's Lance Steves. I'm a pastor at Cold Lake Community Church. Here's my references. Call 594-5542, the church. Take, take a look at our website. See who I am. Verify who I am. But here's what happened. I got robbed. Uh, this happened, blah, 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 blah. I need help. The body of Christ will come together, and boom, they'll help. My friends, it is so awesome to be part of the body. It really is. Man, this morning I just had to renew my AMA membership, and it cost me a hundred and some odd bucks a year. The body's free. Us to get together, which has membership benefits way beyond AMA could ever stand and do. Thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. John the Baptist fast. That one is when we eat locusts and honey. Just. There was a man sent, protein, eh? Oh, those locusts sounds good right now, doesn't it, right? (laughs) There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The man came from a witness to bear, uh, to, to bear witness of light that through all that might believe, John had great influence as a witness of the light of Jesus. John, we know, walked in fasting for his disciples asked Jesus, why don't your disciples fast? John was a Nazarene, which meant that he had stained from alcohol. He was a man who was like no other. Matthew 11, 11 says, surely I say to you among, uh, surely I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least of the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Again, Isaiah 58, 8 says, go on to say your righteousness shall go before you. See, we don't want to fast to become a big shot, but we do want to fast to be able to increase in, in influence. You know what, do you remember the, that prayer, prayer of Jabez's book that just went around and everybody was praying the prayer of Jabez? Do you remember what the prayer of Jabez is? Oh, that you would bless me, Lord. Enlarge my territory. May the hand of God be upon me and keep me from evil so I will not cause pain. And the Lord answered Jabez's request. Oh, that you'd bless me, God. Lord, would you enlarge my territory? You know, I remember doing a, a message uh, probably about two years ago when I called every church in town from the, from the Catholic churches to, to every church, every church in town, it, I, I called them. I said, if absolutely everybody who would come to your church, whether they come just at Christmas time only or whether they come regular, regularly, what would your size be? And, and, I, and I don't remember the exactly, but if I remember, it was 1,800 and some odd people in Cold Lake would go to every single church. What's the population of Cold Lake right now? 14, 14 and change? 14,000 people here, and every, if every single church had someone, if every per- people, uh, <laughs> rewind, if Sunday morning, every single person who ever went to church would go, there would be 1,800 and some odd people going. That's a mission field right there, man. Lord, would you enlarge my territory? You see, and one of the things about enlarging our territory is, friends, we have to be so careful because we can build up our witness, we can share the love of Christ, and in one instant we can blow our testimony. In one moment of anger, with one 
uh, in one instance of, of no thought. Now, there is forgiveness, but you know what? It's the Lord who forgives us, right? See, I could, like, my neighbor is Sam, and, and I, you know, I'll go and I'll bl- uh, plow out Sam's driveway and I'll do all this kind of stuff. And, and you know, I, I do all this thing for Sam. I try to bless Sam. We brought Sam over cookies. We've done all this kind of stuff. You know, in, the, in this last summer there, Lucas went over to Sam's place and he sat down and he just grabbed a couple of Sam's rocks. He was throwing Sam's rocks and Sam lost it. What are you doing throwing my rocks? Lance, get your kids off. I don't ever want to see your kids over here again. Keep them off my property. And I'm thinking, like, it's rising up in me. I'm like, are you serious over a couple of rocks? Like, man, I blow out your driveway. Man, I've cut your lawn. Man, we bring you over cooking. And because Lucas threw two rocks, you're screaming at me? If I had said what I wanted to say, I think I wouldn't have that relationship with Sam. But I just, I was just like, oh God, Lord, you got to help me because it's, it's right there just waiting to, the venom is just waiting to spill. And I've just said, you know what, Sam, sorry, Luke, go, go in the house. You know what, you know what, sorry, I'll, let me clean up those two rocks and I'll put them right back. And, you know, are, are we good? Are, you, you know, are we okay? Yeah, yeah, we're okay. I said, okay, you know, apologize, you know, and then you know what I did what I I I, uh, I gave, what did I give him? Do you remember? Oh yeah, like. And then, then what happened is like, two days later, I see a, a tow truck come and tow his truck away. And that's his only vehicle. So I'm like, Sam, what's going on? He goes, Ah, stupid Ford. I'm like, Yeah, I know. He says, it's broke. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I don't know what's going on, but it's under warranty. It's Ford's problem. I said, you know what? Uh, take my truck. I handed him my keys. He's like, oh, that truck's like, it's like two weeks old, man. Like, I'm not, not going to take your truck. I said, no, no, seriously. Like, I, I'll just drive the minivan and uh, you got no vehicle. Something happens. You might need, need it for something. Take my truck. He's like, thanks. He takes my truck. He's just like, he, blown away. In fact, the next day, you know what? He came over to my house, knocks on the door. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Just, just want to say, man, thanks, thanks so much for the truck. It really came in handy. He says, I bought you a couple of fishing rods. And he goes, you know what? I just want you to know about those, those rocks. I was having a real bad day, man. You know, my, you know, this is what happened. And it's kind of, you know, this is what happened in my life. And, and you know, I just, I, I'm like, you know what? I didn't even think about it. He's like, Lord, thank you for protecting my witness. Because I tell you, I was, ready to, 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 I was ready to fight with the guy. Like, seriously, you're getting that upset over rocks? Come on, man. You know, last week, come on up, Ray. I had, I had Ray share, and some, you know, you might be wondering. Ray is, a, is a, on base, and he's, he's going through to be a padre. And I'm kind of walking with Ray and pouring into Ray a little bit. So I'm going to get Ray doing different things in this church. I want Ray just to kind of share about the importance of testimony in the importance of, of integrity, okay? Check this out. You'll love this. I'm just going to hold that. Okay, it's on. Yeah, that's the first thing I take is like training on this. <laughs> I find that um, a lot of teachings of Jesus in the Bible are quite radical. And I think they were uh, radical during Jesus' time too. In Luke, it says that they... The people of Nazareth were going to throw him off a cliff. 
for what he was teaching. And one of the teachings that we know about uh, from Jesus was, um, of course, the famous teaching to uh, turn the other cheek, right? To off the other cheek to uh, those that do evil to us. And that's kind of what I'm, my testimony is about today. Um, several years ago, we all remember a movie that came out, The Passion of the Christ. It was very controversial. And I remember driving down on a cold February morning to Edmonton to go see it and crying like a schoolgirl with a skinned knee. And uh, so I had a friend of mine, Ian, who is agnostic. He, uh, the, the Lord was knocking on his heart, but he wasn't a Christian, asking me to go see the movie. And I'd seen it three times already, and I just didn't think I had the water retention to, uh, to go see it again. So I declined, but the Lord had other plans. And he told me to phone him back and to go see the film with him in case he had questions. And uh, so we went to the Grand Square Cinemas. Big fan. You get the popcorn bag that says Jaws on it from like 1978, right? I'm like, what's going on here? So we go see uh, the movie. And for those of you that haven't seen The Passion of the Christ, there's some etiquette, right? Don't buy the popcorn combo. Don't do that. You're probably not going to eat for weeks, right? Take some Kleenex with you. So I didn't purchase anything. Uh, So he got the popcorn, Twizzlers, large Coke. And the film starts and you know, I start to get emotional, and he just sits there, and he's eating his popcorn, Twizzlers, and I'm just in a state, right? So he shows, he's got this stoic face on, no emotion, zero emotion, this individual. So it's quite emasculating, because I don't cry during many films, right? And he's just sitting there, and I'm bawling my eyes out. So the film ends, and we head out out of the cinema, and we go to my car, my car had been uh, burglarized, and my friend felt so bad. He goes, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I left my door unlocked. And I said, oh, it's, I said, it's not a big deal. I, I left my back door unlocked, too. I said, but you know what we should do? I said, we should pray for the people that broke into my car. And uh, he goes, yeah. And I remember, I remember chuckling, too. And he goes, why are you laughing? I said, well, all the music they stole was Christian music. How weird is that? <laughs> right? My MP3 player had some sermons on it that I used to listen to when, when walking with the Lord. So we get in my car. We sit down, and I begin this prayer. Because I don't know the people that have broken in my car. I don't know what it, uh, um, maybe addictions that, they're, you know, that have come over them. I, I don't know the reasons why they're doing this. But we, we, the Holy Spirit comes in, and we pray this prayer for these people that broke into my car. And as we pray, Ian begins to weep, begins to cry. And I finish my prayer, and I look at him, and I said, man, tell me, like, how do you feel, you know? And he says, we just saw this amazing movie where Jesus prayed while he was on the cross for the people that were crucifying. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You know, he, he taught us to turn the other cheek to the enemy, you know? And we're praying for the people that broke into your car. And I said, Ian, they could have stolen the car and this whole experience, but it wasn't worth it. It was a Kia Rio, so really, I mean, it's not really a big loss. But in all honesty, it could have been a, a Range Rover. Um, so I remember phoning the RCMP the next day, and, and they said, oh, you know, it's hard to find your stuff, Mr. Cowell, but we'll, we'll do our best to find your things. I said, oh, you know, don't worry about it. He goes, really? Why, why is that? I said, well, this, I'm an evangelist. I said, this is a tool I haven't even thought of. I said, I can leave Christian music and paraphernalia and Bibles and leave my car unlocked everywhere in town. This is fantastic. He, he goes, I've never spoken to anybody quite like you. So um, that seed was planted, and... The Lord allowed me to water it over time, and, and Ian accepted a relationship with God through Christ. And the last thing I just want to put on your heart is, and what's so good about fasting is, that level of forgiveness 
and, and being able to do that is from the Holy Spirit. We can't do it on our own. Um, our prayers, what we see, what we do with our hands comes from him. And so I give him thanks for that. And thanks for allowing me to share that. Boy, that's twice I've got an, I've got a, an applause. That's amazing. Oh, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed right now. And lastly is the Esther fast. The Esther fast teaches us about protection from danger. Let's look at the end of Isaiah 58, 8. And the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Again, how many people want the, uh, their rear guard? He's saying that I've got your back. I want to protect you. Haman wanted Esther dead, but instead he was hung from the very gallow that he built for the Jews. The situation that you're facing, God will turn it around whenever you pray and fast. Esther 4.16 says, Go, gather all the Jews who are in Susa. Fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days or nights. And all my maids uh, will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. If you've spent any time counseling with me, you may have heard me say, who would you rather fight for you? That, that's one of those questions that we really have to ponder. You know, because sometimes our rights say that we get this. Or our rights say that we're enabled or entitled to this. I think the Lord wants to strip entitlement from us. And take us to that place where it's just kind of like, you know what? We have no rights. For we've been bought with a price. 2 Kings 6.14 says... That he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and they surrounded the city. When the servant of the man got up, uh, went out early in the morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what, are we shall, do? what shall we do? The servant asked. I just, I just love this story. See, because here we have Elijah. And he's in the tent with his servant and the servant guy wakes up early in the morning, he walks and he sees the whole tent surrounded by an army just waiting to come down on him. Put yourself there. I imagine the fear and the panic that rose up. And he runs in the tent. He says, you know what, we're, we're, we're done. We're dead. We're surrounded by an army of armed soldiers. And then Elisha just looks at him and says, you know what, it's okay for, for greater is he than in us. In as, we, we outnumber them. And then he's like, no, you don't understand. I went outside, I counted. It was like, there's, and one, two, we're in trouble. And then, the Lord, and then he says to the Lord, Lord, would you remove the blinders off of his eyes so he can see? The Lord takes the blinders off his eyes and he sees an army of angels. See, there's so many benefits to fasting and prayer. May you be strengthened in your walk and may he fill you and grant you with the desires of your heart as we walk together in our fast. Would you stand to your feet? Lord Jesus, would you help us to run this race? Would you help us, God, to finish strong? 
For Father, what happens, I, I find that when we're getting closer to the end of a fast, God, as we're pressing in, it gets to the place where it's kind of like, ah, really? There's only an hour left of my fast. I'm not even going to be praying anyway, so I might as well eat. I might as well just do that because I'm done. I just, I, you know, I went the distance. Lord, let us not at the final hours, Lord Jesus, let us not throw it all away, Father God, for something temporal. But God, help us to finish the race. Help us to finish this journey. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the prayer that is going on. I ask God that you strengthen us as a corporate body. And that Lord Jesus, that you would help us to finish what we've started. In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.